The pandemic has given us a keener nose for bullshit because we have been lied to over and over. Here's one. Carbon dioxide is bad for the earth and we face ecological apocalypse. The hills above Los Angeles burn every few years as part of a natural cycle. I took a photograph from an airplane about 10 years ago, and that's the first uh, photograph in the blog. We've been told that, quote, the scientists all believe the end is nigh. Some young people have been so badly frightened by environmental horror tales that they refuse to have children. But, quote, climate change is a pseudo-religion rather than reality, and the predicted worldwide flooding is a biblical fable rather than science. Once you understand what is known about this subject and learn who is fabricating these stories, you'll have one less thing to worry about. Before I explain, allow me a brief rant to remind you why you must think for yourselves and never swallow fishy stories whole. We now know that physicians are more easily fooled than truck drivers, college presidents more easily duped than waitresses, quote, scientists more easily conned than students. That's a maybe on that one. Talking heads have to catch COVID before they smell stinking rats in the COVID story. We've also been told and, quote, know the following, that the vaccine is safe and effective, that we must trust the science, that we should believe experts. And I have a couple of photographs here of two people in a downpour, and one of them asks the other, is it raining? And the other says, how should I know? I'm not a meteorologist. That the medical literature is reliable. That for, quote, fairness, men must compete in women's sports. That white men are all racist. That Marxism, socialism, and central control will save us. Most of us no longer eat these meals. But all must still face the confusing wall of lies, propaganda, and gaslighting from our government and tech companies. Both our social and mainstream media are censored. We must assume that anything they say, along with the scientific literature, is fraudulent until proven otherwise. These insights are agonizing for me, because although I am not a scientist, I was taught to research using sources, and they've been ruined. Gaslighting means spreading lies to confuse and intimidate. Global Warming Explained by Patrick Moore Climate concerns are now exaggerated and used to create panic to destroy critical thinking and promote the Great Reset. If you do not understand, the 20-minute video that I include debunks the, quote, science that is being foisted on us. I copied and summarized more slides. This was a lot of work. But if you have the slightest doubt about these issues, I urge you to come back and watch him tell his own story. His book is Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout. Moore received a Ph.D. in ecology in the mid-1960s and was a radical environmental activist and the co-founder of Greenpeace. He played a critical role in stopping hydrogen bomb testing in Alaska. To save whales, he once put himself in front of the harpoons of Soviet factory ships. Worldwide whale populations are still recovering because of work like his. He was also arrested trying to save baby seals, and there's a photograph of him sitting on a seal and another photograph of the factory ship with a harpoon pointed at him. Greenpeace's original mission was to save humanity from nuclear war. Dr. Moore left when they became violent and sensationalistic, and there's a photograph of the kids kicking in at a shop window. They also abandoned any pretense of rationality. In 1985, they claimed chlorine was the, quote, devil's element and called for a global chlorine ban, but they didn't 
they didn't realize that the addition to chlorine to drinking water was the single biggest advancement in the history of public health. And 75% of medications are based on chlorine chemistry. 31,000 U.S. scientists and professionals signed a document repudiating the CO2 theory of climate change. But of course, the mainstream ignored that. The rational point of view was Michael Crichton's, and he said in 2004, I'm certain there was too much certainty in the world. Moore's critics now call him a climate denier. This is Orwellian doublespeak, a phrase designed to squash questions and bully anyone with common sense. The next graph is a direct measure of the increase in CO2 over the past half century from 320 parts per million to 400 parts per million. We also have indirect measurements over billions of years that show no causal relationship between temperature and CO2. The next graph shows many, many thousands of years uh, information about uh, CO2 versus temperature on the Earth, and they seem to show no relationship at all. In fact, it almost seems like they have an inverse relationship over that time period. We're in one of the coldest periods today that life on Earth has ever experienced, and all our ancestors came through a period that was 20 degrees centigrade warmer. Our species lived through it. The blow graph is modern times. The climate activists are very concerned with the increase in CO2 in temperature since 1980. But there were two other modern time increases that were very similar to that, that they don't say much about because the CO2 emissions were smaller then. Temperatures have not changed in the past 20 years, even though 20% of all the CO2 we've ever emitted has gone into the atmosphere during this period. From 2015, 2005 to 2014, there was overall global cooling. There's a place in central England where they've measured the temperature with a the thermometer since 1650, and there has been no dramatic rise. The warming has been steady, even, and minimal. And he has a graph of this kind of quasi-dramatic rise in CO2 emissions, which doesn't correlate with the temperatures that are reported from 1659 to 2009. Arctic ice has been shrinking since the early 1990s. However, in Antarctica, the ice cap has recorded the highest ice levels ever. This completely offsets the northern shrinkage, so there's no fall in overall global ice. So we all know Al Gore. He used junk science to panic everyone and promote himself, saying, quote, the ice cap is falling off a cliff. It could be gone in summer in as little as seven years. Atmospheric CO2 concentrations have tracked temperatures for 300,000 years. They follow rather than predict temperatures, showing an absence of causality. A much bigger phenomenon, the Milankovitch cycle, causes cooling and major glaciations every 100,000 years, and that's correlated with the globe's tilt on its axis. So atmospheric carbon dioxide follows temperature changes. It did not, does not lead them. When the sea warms, gases come out, and when the sea cools, gases go in. We need high levels of CO2 in the atmosphere for life on Earth. At the lowest atmospheric CO2 levels, and this is shown on the chart, the Earth was only 30 parts per million over levels where plants start to die. The activists always talk about the cyclone activity, but there's no 
change that's ever occurred in that, at least as far as we can track since 1970. Sea level rise over the past 24,000 years is the next graph. There was a dramatic sea level uh, rise that stopped 8,000 years ago. And since then, very little has happened. By geological standards, California has no drought today. It is wetter than it was 800 years ago. It was greening of the world due to improving or higher CO2 levels. The excess CO2 that we put into the atmosphere is causing a huge increase in global biomass, which is 90% trees. Plants need 150 or more parts per million in the atmosphere to live and require 1,000 to 2,000 parts per million for optimal growth. That is why growers put exhaust from heaters or bottled CO2 into their greenhouses. Water vapor is a much larger influence on climate than CO2 is. CO2 is the most important nutrient on Earth, the very currency of life. It's what everything on Earth is made out of. It's crazy to call it a pollutant. And I have a image that depicts the carbon cycle. 70 times more carbon is in the sea as in the atmosphere, and they exist in equilibrium. Plants and soils contain more carbon than the entire atmosphere, and fossil fuels contain still more. The Earth's crust contains 100 million billion tons of it, all derived from life. Carbon has been sucked out of the atmosphere by plants for millennia. And I have a photograph of a mock-up of a five-foot carbon fossil. They say we should go to zero emissions. Dr. Moore says this is zero human beings. If we would not have polluted by burning fossil fuels into the atmosphere over the past 200 years, life might nearly be extinguished by carbon starvation. We may have unknowingly saved ourselves. Fossil fuels are 100% organic, produced with solar energy, and when burned, produce food for life. It's the largest storage of solar energy on Earth. Greenpeace has a boat that looks like a sailboat. And they say this ship is driven by super efficient electric motors and sails that set a standard for sustainable shipping. It will be powered by the wind. But there's a 4,000 horsepower diesel engine in that boat and they are attacking a Russian oil rig using an oil-powered ship. And I've got a photograph of that. Then when they tie up at the dock, there's another photograph of them getting fueled up by British Petroleum. They use nasty photographs of industrial refineries to get people to think the world is destroyed by the oil industry. And there's some other photographs of um, open strip mining. But Canadian reclamation is some of the best in the world, and we have more photographs of land that was once oil land and some that can soon be harvested as timber.